ancient words impart. We have come with open hearts. So God lets the ancient words impart. Your bread of life this morning and grant to each and everyone our portion to share. Pour yourself afresh upon each and every life. Endow every life present here this morning with what it would take to make us Game changers in the fulfillment of your eternal purpose for our campuses. Do something new, something glorious, something eternal in each of our hearts and life as we wait on you. We wait on you. We wait on your world. Open your hand upon every life that is here this morning. Open your hand, Spirit of God. Jar us to action for your glory. In our campuses, in our zones, in our areas, in this nation. Quicken us by the power of your word. Transform each of our lives. Make us to be who you call us to be. Have your way here this morning, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Spirit of God. Have your way. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. We need to hear from you. Lord from God we don't hear from you what shall we do wanting you more each day show us your perfect way there is no other way that we can be. There is no other way that we can be. As that you give us the word to live by, the man shall not live by bread alone. And shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let a word come forth, each and every life, which they will anchor their obedience, their following after you. I will shift the direction of their life into their work with you.
seat. Good morning. Hallelujah. Give God the glory for the gift of a new day and the blessing of His presence. Hallelujah to God. Thank you. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you. I understand that uh, we have new leaders um, overnight. Uh, some, some action took place. Congratulations. And thanks to our outgoing leaders. I understand you are the you are the digital national student leaders. Thank you for stepping us forward in digital operations. Thank you. Thank you for your contribution to the growth of this fellowship. Welcome our new, our, new, our new leaders. Welcome them with joy, trusting God to, to use them for his glory. Yesterday I shared with us the setting of the book of Esther, the purpose of the book, the principal actors involved in the story of the book of Esther. I shared with us about the theme, which is God providential care. And we saw how that played out in the removal of virtue. The preceding queen of Persia and the selection of a Jewish virgin named Esther to be the queen of Persia at a crucial time in the history of the Jews. We also saw how God's providential care played out amidst a plot against Mordecai and the Jews. And how that ahead of that, Mordecai had overheard an assassination plot against the king, which he exposed and saved the king's life and had his deeds recorded in the king's chronicles. In fact, the king providentially discovered in a timely fashion during a sleepless night. We saw also how Esther, against a limiting background, rose to be the game changer in our time in Jewish history. And how God's endowment on her life, her beauty, made room for her. And the need to recognize and nurture the divine endowments on each of our lives. We saw Mordecai's factor in Esther's life. And how each one of us as leaders stand in Mordecai's position to nurse, to nurture, to disciple students to fulfill their God-ordained 
destiny. I highlighted five characters in the book of Esther, namely the Persian king Ahasuerus, his prime minister Amen, the previous queen Vashti, Esther and Mordecai. Our focus this morning will remain on the heroine of the story, Esther, and the hero behind the events of the book, Mordecai. We'll be taking a closer look at these two characters and how the story, the book of Esther, was woven more around them. Turn with me now to Esther chapter 4. I'll just quickly read through verses 1 to 17. When Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and a bitter cry and came even before the king's gate for none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. In every province, whithersoever the kings, <coughs> excuse me, and in every province, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, there was great mourning among the Jews, and fasting and weeping and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maids and her chamberlains came and told it her. Then was the queen exceedingly grieved, and she sent raiment to clothe Mordecai and to take away his sackcloth from him, but he received it not. Then called Esther for Atach, one of the king's chamberlains, whom he had appointed to attend upon her, and gave him a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was. So Atach went forth to Mordecai onto the street of the city, which was before the king's gate. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him and of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Jews to destroy them. Also he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shuzan to destroy them and to show it unto Esther and to declare it unto her and to charge her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him and to make request before him for our people. And Atach came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Again Esther spake unto Atach and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come into the king, into the inner court, who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live, but have not been called to come in unto the king these thirty days. And they told Mordecai Esther's words. The Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. 
For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, there shall dear enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. For thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who know whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return to Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shuzan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded. You know, it's the way the kingdoms put it. They are both giving commandments. <laughs> Hallelujah. In my church, when you finish reading like that, you say the word of the Lord. Thank you very much. The word of the Lord. Thank you. You want to know more about that? Ask Daddy Jumi. He's, he's, he's one there. He's the chief lay readers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is just to refresh us about this important episode. Because we'll be focusing around this and also go over to chapter 8 uh, in the course of this time. The first thing I'd like to call your attention to this morning is timing in God's divine agenda. Timing in God's divine agenda. We have seen and discussed God's providence in the placement of Esther in the royal court of Persia as queen to be a critical factor in the deliverance of the Jews. And that says something about you. And it is that your placement on the campus where you are, your placement in the office where you serve, your placement in the zone or in the area, in the department or unit where you serve, has a divine connection to the fulfillment of God's purposes for the time in which you serve. See, according to God's sovereign wisdom, He has a season and time for all of His purposes and for the fulfillment of His promises as well. 
Ecclesiastes 3 1 says there is it says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens. And Psalm 102 verse 13 says, Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is come. So there is a set time in God's divine calendar to favor Zion. The Bible says that set time has come. And I just want you to know that the period of your service, the period of your leadership is not just without a purpose for accomplishment. It's not without an agenda in the heart of God, in the mind of God. There are things waiting for fulfillment in the lives of the students in your fellowship that God expects your leadership to midwife. There are things waiting for fulfillment in the life of your subzone and zone and area that God expects your leadership to midwife, to facilitate, to make happen. Your time in your leadership position is for a divine purpose. And it's important to recognize that while God is, you know, while God walks in time, you see, once upon a time, there was no time. There was a time in the dateless past when time as we know it today does not exist. By that I mean that we, there, were, there was no morning, there was no night. If you talk with me quickly, to Genesis chapter 1 verses 2 to 5 we're going to see something there quickly just just the underscore point and the heart was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse 4. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. That was the first day. Before the beginning began, 
everyone who was there is the self-existing eternal God who is the ancient of days. Shout hallelujah somebody. We bow down and worship Yahweh. We bow down and worship Yahweh. Yahweh. Yahweh Yahweh is the is the only one who existed the time we are in today at a beginning and this time we are in will have an end. Sandwich between the eternal past and the eternal future. It's time open for us to labor with God in order to gain for ourselves a rightful placement in eternity. I'm trying to help you to have a grasp of the sense of purpose for the time in which you live, for the time in which you are in leadership. The passage we read in Genesis, we can see the arrival of the first day. And that was how time began. Sadly, we tend to be more focused on time that we lose a sense of eternity. As we engage to make, to realize the purpose for which God has placed us where we are part time, we need to do that with a focus on eternity. Time is a creation like others. Time have the first day and it will have the last day. In Second Timothy chapter one verse nine, there we see there is coming a time when time will be no more. Second Timothy one nine. I read that quickly, and we. We run forward. It says, knowing this, that, sorry, that's first emoji. Who had saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. And I just want you to underline purpose. 
and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. If you look at the New English translation, it said before time. It has something to do with time. Hallelujah. Is the one who called, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not based on our works, but on his own purpose and grace, granted to us in Christ Jesus before time began. That was what the new age, the, the, the NET says. So there was a time that time began, and there's coming a time when time will be no more. Brothers and sisters, he will run his course, and the new creation will enter his everlasting future. It's important for you to recognize the divine placement, the divine purpose for your placement per time, and to rise up to it. There is a divine purpose for your placement where you are. And may God help each and every one of us to recognize that and to rise up to it. Hallelujah. A national director wrote in his lead address in National Link. I even came with it here. Because I might be reading some things out of it. He was talking also to us yesterday during that powerful prayer session that he led. And he said to us that are you sure that privilege and opportunity has not brought you in such a time as this to make impact? That is from the National League. Was saying to us that you were chosen from among delegates. This is not just delegates. And so you are a privileged lot. And I want to ask what are the challenges facing your leadership calling in Nifes now? What is the divine purpose? That the opportunity of your placement, the divine purpose for the opportunity of your placement in your campus, in your zone, or in your area, have you, have you recognized that? And how are you responding to it in the light of eternity? I want to encourage each one of us to keep eternity in view as we engage with today. As we spend our time, as we respond to the, to the duties of our office, to the responsibilities of our calling, to keep eternity in view. And may you make the shift that Esther made and take responsibility knowing that you are there for such a time as this. 
Initially, Esther couldn't really bring herself to terms with what Mordecai requested her to do. The existing law does not favor that, except she was just going to commit suicide. But she asked to, to step forward. Thank God she requested for fasting. I believe that her Aunt Joy should have done a good justice to that old subject in relation to all of this development. She requested that people should fast and herself and her own chamberlains, all of the people attending to her will also fast. And she will go. And if it means perishing, she was ready. But she weighed what was at stake. She weighed it. May you make the shift that Esther made. To take responsibility, knowing that you are there for such a time as this. What are the challenges of your office? Challenges of your zone. It could be housing. It could be an office. Even getting an operating office. Recently, I was privileged to be in the office to see the headquarter renovation, uh, renovation work. And when we entered the Endy's office, I felt like uh, writing an application to be an ND, except that the director of uh, finance and admin may not accept it. When we entered the Endy's office, I said, this is, this is good. Thank you, Jesus. There was a time God gave us this camp. Just the land. How many of us were in the first conference we had here? The first conference. Okay. I'm seeing hands this way. <laughs> we need to find out where some of you were. <laughs> Thank you, please. But things are getting better. I just looked back and I saw that uh, there's been some decking done around the auditorium. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. From one step to another, leadership, taking responsibility and responding to that part time. There was a time when we got, that time it looked significant to us. We got an amazing gift of about, I think, 53 million or, or 54, 58 million. And that was significant then. I think that may be close to maybe a hundred now in value. And that was handed over 
to leadership and also God increased us. We bought more land, built some more structures and now God is moving us forward. I understood that our current national student leaders were able to get some mattresses added to what we have. Hallelujah. So God, we are responding to we are taking responsibility. How, how is your campus? How is your zone and your subzone? What are the issues that are waiting for response? You are there for such a time as this. You are there to take responsibility and to respond as a solution provider. Leadership is about solution. It's about solving problems. It's about dreaming. It's about, it's about dreaming you know, new things and working to achieve the dream. Mobilizing, challenging to, to achieve the dream. We thank God that God is moving us forward. Esther's response involved a risk. But what was at stake? Verses 7 to 8 of that chapter 4 that we read. Look back at it. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him and of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasury for the Jews to destroy them. Also he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shuzan to destroy them and to show it unto Esther and to declare it unto her and to charge her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him and to make requests before him for our people. What was at stake? The annihilation of the of the Jews. There was a plot to erase a people, to wipe them out. It wasn't just about Mordecai. It was beyond him. It had to do with the whole of the Jewish race. In Persia then. And beloved, what is at stake now? Requiring you to jar yourself to action. To take responsibility. To challenge yourself, to exercise faith, to be courageous, to lay hold on the horns of the altar until God gives a solution. What is at stake? The glory of God is at stake. God needs to be glorified. 
needs to be glorified. Calvary needs to be maximized. The sacrifice paid at Calvary needs to be maximized among the current generation of students. The purposes of God need to be accomplished. The purchased by the Lamb need to be accounted for at the throne of grace. A price has been paid, an extravagant price was paid by the only begotten Son of God to purchase men for God. And those who have been purchased must be accounted for before the throne. So much is at stake. The eternal destiny of millions, of thousands, of hundreds of students and of people on our campuses are at stake. The suffering of Christ must not be in vain. And so action must be taken sacrifices must be must be be made to see God glorified risk must be taken even when it's not very it's not quite safe to be on the road yet we believe God that he will keep us we were praying God for all of you since we knew that people will be hitting the road on Thursday. My wife spent time interceding and we believe God that he who has brought you safely the cloud of his glory will abound over you in your return journeys in Jesus name. It requires a risk, a price to be paid. She took a step of faith after calling for fasting. You see, fasting breaks down demonic siege. And I'm not going to get into that. I believe that uh, our dear sister has dealt with that. Apart from humbling us before God, positioning us to be able to make adequate supplication because you see a broken and a contrite heart God will not despise fasting brings us to that state of brokenness through which we can attract the mercy of God and she went forward In spite of the restrictions, she recognized that she also has an advantage. Esther was not just any girl there wanting to walk into the royal court. She had an advantage. She was the queen of the royal court. Hallelujah. Oh, may God raise many of our associates into positions of significance in Jesus' name. There was a time I led a team, a national team to see a very important person here in Abuja, 
We've been discussing with his PA, thinking the PA, had, and the PA said we should come. But he has not adequately briefed the big man. And here am I, I have gathered all kinds of people from, people have flown in, and only to arrive there to be, this, to be hearing that he's not really aware that we are here. But thank God, I quickly thought of somebody here in Abuja, Reverend William Mukoye. So, and by the time I started in getting him, he just walked straight into his office. By the time he saw William Mukoye, he said, oh, are you part of them? He said, yes, okay. He just abandoned everything he was doing and attended to us. We need people of influence. On campuses, over the years, God had raised people for us, men and women, who can stand the VCs, who can stand the provost, whosoever, to their face, to plead the cause of Nifes. May God multiply their kind. May God raise more people into such positions of influence in Jesus' name. Esther had an advantage. She was the queen. And in spite of the prevailing restriction, she had an advantage of at least going as the queen. She wasn't an ordinary person. And friends, we need such positions. And may God open his door for us in Jesus' name. There is need also to recognize who you are and whose, whose you are. I think there are two things there. Grace, am I correct? Who you are and whose, who owns you, who are you representing? There is who you are. And there is whose you are. Each and every leader must recognize who you are and whose you are. Very important to know that and to work in that understanding in the achievement of the purposes that you have. Don't, don't just believe to yourself. You're representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're representing the interest of the Kingdom of God. You are an officer of the Divine Royal Court. Amen. And it's important to walk in the dignity of the sons and daughters of God. Amen. There is power, there is authority at your disposal. And it's important to be conscious of it. To be conscious of it there are promises in the word of God concerning your life and your service. It's important to lay hold on those words. 
The Bible says this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Hey, what is the word of the Lord unto my Kadegbele? It's important to find this word and to hold on to it. One of our team leaders in the minister's network I belong sent something on our platform yesterday about an event in Lagos. And I wrote back that stepping forward in this on, on this project requires us to get a blueprint from heaven. We need a word from heaven. And we shouldn't venture without without a clear strategy obtained in the place of prayer. Obtained in waiting on God. Hallelujah. Find a word to anchor on. Challenges will come. The challenges are opportunities. There is no champion without a contest. It is contest that give birth to champions. Challenges, difficulties are meant to bring out the leader in you. Amen. Miracles have never taken place in normal situations. Our national director said much here yesterday. He was leading us in that powerful prayer time. Hallelujah. But fear not. Be ready to say to pay the price. Reject the spirit of fear. Don't be intimidated. Stand in the understanding of who you are in Christ. Whose you are. The authority available to you at your disposal. Find a word of God to anchor your steps on. Is this things in line with God's will? That's what I'm saying. If there's no known word that contradicts what you are saying, you can, you, 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 you can step forward in faith. Esther obtained favor. Hallelujah. 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 And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that God Almighty will, will surprise many of you over the steps, areas of your fears, the things that has been, you are not too sure how it will happen. God Almighty will surprise you. The things that you are not quite you are, you, 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 are, you are afraid what I mean can I can I take this step? I say to you, go forward, take that step, and you will see the mercy of God, you will see the salvation of God, you will see the glory of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. She receive favor. And God is still in the business. The spiritual still controls the physical. And you have an advantage in the spiritual. Amen? You have an advantage there. 
the heart of the king is still in the hand of the Lord. And it can be toast whithersoever God wills. Hallelujah. Then we saw Mordecai who tore his clothes. Put on sackcloth with ashes. Went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. Wow. Mordecai saw the seriousness of the issue. Mordecai did not believe to the threat of the devil, the threat of the enemy. He saw danger looming and he did not, dis- he did, he did not dismiss it. Who is that servant? Who is Lord? We place over its subjects to give them food in their season. The blessed is that man whom when his master comes will find so doing. Peter says, take the oversight thereof. Talking to elders in 1 Peter 5, 1 to 4. He says, shepherd the flock of Christ among you. See, taking the oversight thereof. Your role as a leader is that of a watchman. Is that of a watchman who should be able to recognize danger is looming. Something needs to be done to safeguard the people of God. And it is when you stand upon your watch. As leaders, we need to stand upon our watch. We need to stand upon our watch. And may God quicken you by His power to recognize the spiritual responsibility, the weight of the responsibility of your leadership role. Mordecai saw this and he tore his cloth. The Bible says a broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. He cried, the Bible says with a loud, a bitter, a loud and a bitter cry. Wow. May God deliver us from a generation that does not that that no longer know tears. A generation of leadership that no longer know tears. Maybe your theology has uh, you know taken care of that. You know um, what are those songs? You know, sing, you know um, I'm a millionaire now, and uh, all those light-hearted, you know, you know, anti-scriptural. Mentality. Mordecai shed tears. When last did the weight of the responsibility on you brought you to tears before God? 
the children of Israel in, in Exodus, we won't go there. When God was speaking to Moses, he said, I have heard the cry of my people. See, I have seen their tears. You think you don't see, you don't, don't, don't matter to God? It does. Are you really, do you really, are you, are, do you really feel the weight Paul was talking of, you see, the care of the brethren. Wow. May the Spirit of God help you to know what that means and may it, may, may you get a baptism of, of, that, of that care of the brethren. May it overwhelm you. May it be a burden on your heart that you can carry before God continually. In the name of Jesus Christ. We need a leadership that is heartbroken for the people you are assigned to lead. For the care of the brethren. For the safety. For the nurture of the brethren. Look at the same thing Nehemiah did. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 3 to 4. When he heard the story, and they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Wow. Is that the character of your leadership? Is it a leadership that knows the states of the fellowship? The state of the campus, the state of the nation. I was moved to tears last night. There's been a pastor, a cooking pastor, those of us in George knows him, Polycarp, who was kidnapped. Imagine the whole cooking president saying, we don't have the money, the ransom that these kidnappers are asking. Reverend Zungo, Polycarp Zungo, is still, is, still, is still held by those people. See, God, I was just, I was just, I was just willing. How long are we going to be in this? The whole denominational head saying that we don't have the money. I don't even know how much. And the pain for me is even if we have the money, must we spend it this way, God? And it's been a burden, a deep burden in my heart. So many such issues, left, right, and center. I want you to know that God, we have an high priest who identifies with the feelings of our infirmity. He really knows truly how we feel. He was comforted in knowing that God knows 
the grief, the pain of my heart, reading through this. Beloved, that is the, the privilege of leadership. You are taken from among men and on behalf of them before God. And we must recognize that and stand upon our watch. Stand in our position. One of the things that I did when I, when I was privileged to be president at the University of Lagos 1984, I went to God to know what is the state of the fellowship. Went to the field, just walked into one field, one corner there, and just locked up myself there. Apart from the fact that I had a stormy path into leadership. I was the first person who was not in the executive. Usually, you have to be a prayer secretary or a Bible study secretary to be president on campus. I was not even in the outgoing executive at all. And so when, when my whole issue showed up, the outgoing president said, no, this, 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 is, this, this will not happen under him. As if it was the law of Medes and Persia. That, uh, that, that, that should not be broken. You know, it is okay to have that, but if God leads people in a different way, why should that be? Professor Deshaba came from Ibadan. Uh, Bishop Francis Waloke, immediate president, came, spent a whole night talking to this man. I think Uncle Kola must have been involved in that. He refused. He did not hand over to me. I took over. Yes. He wasn't there. Because the rest of the executive, 99%, minus him, were ready for this. They felt this is the way God was leading them. Let me spare you that. The issue I was going to is that God gave me a vision to paint the state of the fellowship. Out of persistent seeking after God, And that was what informed the, the theme that I began with. I saw this thing that looks like watermelon. You know, and with some wolves, and I was asking questions. What is, what is this? And understanding came. And I came out of that experience gaining a perspective of God's priority. What God will have us to, 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 to spend our time on. That informed the theme and the things we built around the theme, the Bible studies and you know, every other thing we did. Beloved, very important to gain a perspective of the broken walls of your of of the fellowship what what are the things needing repair needing attention what is what is your priority for us in this leadership how would you have us to work with you because it is god 
who is at work within us, both to do and to will of his pleasure. Important that you gain a perspective of the broken wall of righteousness, the absence of the tangible presence of God in the fellowship. Are you someone like Gideon who asked that angel? Angel came and said, The Lord is with you. Say, God, if the Lord be with us, why have all this befallen us? Where are all these miracles which our Father told us? Are you the one asking, Father, we do not see our signs again? There are not many prophets. The prophetic is not, is not, is not evident in our gathering. We see not our signs. There are issues that you, you develop the place of prayer, burden to carry before God and to obtain help, to obtain God's response over. That is the call of leadership. They are leaders who are truly heartbroken about the state of our campuses. I read, uh, please go and, go and look at the, this, this, um, this national link. Um, and the, the, in this um, address, the second page, you know, analyzed both the internal issues. There are external issues and there are internal issues. Challenging this trust, this vision trust. And he asked a question there. So what does the future hold for a nation whose youths are not God-fearing? It is for such a time like this that Nipes is in existence to, to deliver our campuses and students from the grip of the devil and turn them over to our Lord Jesus Christ. It's quite a number of things there. I even read this our program the national president address, director of missions address, the government council chairman and the national directors. Important, go on, underline them. Issues that should gain your attention in leadership. God, where are you going? What's your priority? What, 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 what? How should we lead these people? And I believe that when we are sincere, He will guide us. Will you take responsibility for the lost glory of God in your fellowship? King Azuirus could not sleep until an issue regarding Mordecai was brought to his attention. Some provosts, some VCs need to lose sleep over the unrighteous policies against Nipes. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And actually, I will be closing on that. I need those campuses 
where there are subsisting policies against your operations. I need them to come out. And I hope you understand what I'm saying. I will raise a cry to heaven on your behalf. Esther obtained favor and subsequently Haman was hanged. But when you look at chapter 8, because of my time, I need to jump forward. Esther was thorough. She ensured that she obtained, she ensured the change of the edict against the Jews. It's not enough to hang Haman when that policy was still subsisting. She ensured that that policy was reversed, secured an open check. The king had to give his signet ring to endorse what Esther would dictate to be taken around all the provinces in favor of the Jews. Oh. That same God is your God. That same God is your God. It was not about Esther. It was about the ability of God. It was about the capacity of God to turn things in your favor. If you are in step with Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second decree by the king enabled the Jews to triumph over their enemies. And that triumph became an occasion of great celebration and the beginning of the annual feast of Purim. As I conclude, because of time, I want you to know that you are a carrier of hope. Each and every one of you, you are a carrier of hope. A revived Nifes Campus Fellowship. You must not surrender that hope. You must carry it through in the place of prayer. You must walk at it. You must believe God for it. You must yield yourself in consecration to God for it. Hope of light coming in the encroaching darkness on our campuses. Isaiah 60 from verse 1 to 3 talks about gross darkness will cover the heart but that the Lord will rise upon you. Hallelujah. Please say with me, the Lord will rise upon me and His light will shine forth through me. It is not about the encroaching darkness. It's a, oh, okay, thank you. That's okay. I, I, I'm talking now. It's about who God wants to make you into in response to the encroaching darkness. Bible says gross darkness will cover the heart. That is no news that has been said 
What did God say he will do? That is your concern. And that is where your desire, your passion should be. But the Lord shall rise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Hallelujah. And you need to resolve to, to, to experience that glory. That promised glory. In response to the encroaching darkness on our campuses. Through autism. Through all kinds of, you know, you know, all those things that the Illuminati and all of those, you know, Western philosophies and are encroaching. And people are becoming more anti-God. Embracing ideologies that does not have God. And some of these things that they are dealing with COVID. The mark of the beast and all of those things that are coming in with the vaccines and the rise of them. The Bible said the Lord will rise upon you. It was against the happenings of the last days that Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14 and he said this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. It was against the background of war, of pestilence, of, of, of nation rising against nation. Of COVID, of COVID and all those things in the context of it the Bible says and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness to all nation and then the end will come you are God's vessel to reveal his glory to your campus you are God's vessel to reveal his glory and how shall the glory of God be revealed to your campus? It is when you consecrate yourself to God. Isaiah chapter 40 says, Every valley must be exalted. Every mountain and hill must be made low. Every crooked ways, every rough places must be straightened. And then the glory of the Lord will come. What are the rough edges that need to be straightened in your life? That the glory of God may come upon you. That you may be a vessel of his glory. To respond to the encroaching darkness on your campus. What you are is God's gift to you. Now what you make of yourself through your discipline, what you make of yourself through your consecration, through your sacrifices, is your gift to the cause of God's kingdom beginning with your campus. What is going to be your gift to the cause of God's kingdom through Nifes? What are you going to bring on board through your sacrifices, through your commitment, through your consecration? That is the gift you must bring on board to further the mission of Nifes. And each and every leader must resolve to pay that price. 
Hallelujah. As I close, I want you to examine what is the state of your personal altar of communion. What about the fellowship altar of communion? And please, sir, Andy, um, sir, I don't know what's going on or what you, have, you may have done. A national prayer conference like this, we need special sessions for prayer secretaries on the prayer band on the campuses. Sessions to address the life and operations of the prayer bands on campuses. That is where we pay the price for the glory of God to be revealed. That is where we pay the price to see God glorified, to see the move of God on our campuses. The mandate of Nifest needs strong altars of prayer for it to have the required impact in the lives of our teeming population of students. Altars of prayer are where the price for power is paid. We need the power of God to shake the campus, to bring sinners on bended knees to our Savior, to confound what are no gods, the things that are parading themselves as alternative, to show their vanity. Hey, Bible says that the mountain of the Lord's house will be exalted above all mountains. And beloved, each and every campus must be passionate to see the power of God revealed in salvation, in deliverances. There was a time on our campus, a guy was going to hang himself. We were in a prayer meeting. He did not know when he left the room. He did not know the force, the power that pushed him from his room into the prayer meeting. So when he got to the prayer meeting, he looked around and uh, was just wondering where he was and we get somebody to to follow him back to his room and saw the rope he was going to use to hang himself we need the miraculous we need the supernatural power of god at work that is what our campuses need not a new definition a new demonstration of the power of the gospel and we must be ready for it we must pay the price for it in the place of our altar of prayer. I invite you this morning to renew your altar of communion before God. Altars are control points. They are operational base. And the extent to which you exercise dominion in your sphere of influence is directly proportional to the power of your altar. Often we bind and loose. We speak to our mountains and nothing happens because our altars are weak. I like us, beloved, to begin to 
to get ready to pray. Can we stand together? Let's just stand together. Oh, Jesus, help us today. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Look at Jabez. Just, 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 just give me space. Look at Jabez. Just like Esther, a background didn't favor her, a him. But he connected with God. And his hand was glorious. Yesterday I talked with us about the limiting factors. The Jabez prayed. Say, oh, that thou would bless me indeed. Enlarge my coast. Enlarge my fellowship. There's somebody here who wants to see enlargement. The national director mentioned something like that in that his, his writer. He said, this year, dare to be an intercessor for kingdom enlargement. Jabez prayed, he said, enlarge my coast. What is, what, is, what is your dream? Are you going to settle with, oh, this COVID thing, so there's no need to even try to, to dream anything. Let's just follow whatever they say. Is that, is that, what, is that what, you are, what you are searching for? I want you to know that you belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The God is shaking the world through COVID. Bible says we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That is the kingdom to which you belong. God has not vacated his commission. The mandate of reconciling the lost is still urgent and crucial. We need to devise new ways, innovative ways I saw so many things you're doing in, in, in the seminars. You know, um, all those using the social media and what all those ways we must develop new ways. And the Holy Spirit has the capacity to give you ideas. Wait on Him. Ideas that is a way with God in a COVID challenged campus environment. The way with God to fulfilling his mandate entrusted to us. Enlarge my coast. Enlarge my fellowship. Enlarge my life. Let your hand be with me. Wow. The hand of God with a man. The hand of God upon a life. Let your hand come upon my life. Ah! 
that thou would keep me from evil. Keep my path away. Keep me away from the keep me away from, from the path of evil. Deliver me from besetting sins. Let it not have power over me. Help me to live to please you. Ah, make me a flaming fire for the establishment of your kingdom on my campus. Ah, Jesus. Let the spirit of prayer and fire invade my life. Spirit, help my infirmities. Bible said this. The, the, God, God, you know that we don't pray as we had, but the Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses, our infirmity. Can you ask the Holy Spirit, please help my infirmities? I am, I am not, I am not satisfied with my life. I'm not satisfied with my output. No, I don't want to go back this way. I need something. I need a touch. I need a torch. I need a torch. I need a torch. I need a torch. Set me on fire. Keep me perpetually burning for your name. me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath their own way have I recompensed upon their heads saith the Lord God 
and it just occurred to me that it wasn't because the case of these people was irredeemable it wasn't a, a, a situation that was irredeemable but because the people through whom God will pour his mercy were not available God sought for a man who can make the change who can change the story who can reverse the evil that was encroaching of course the wages of sin is dead but God sought for a man who will stand in the gap before him and the land and as we stand before God God is seeking for leaders through whom he will pour his salvation on your campus he's seeking for men and women through whom God will pour his salvation abundantly on our campuses we have been these few numbers for too long COVID notwithstanding the harvest is still ripe there are still, there are still hundreds of thousands of people on our campuses without a relationship with Jesus but God needs people God needs leaders staff workers student leaders He will pour his salvation on our campuses. May God find such people this morning. May you be such vessels this morning. May you say to Jesus, Here am I. May you, may you, may you volunteer to pay the price. Here am I, Lord. Jesus, use me. Here am I, Lord. Jesus, send me. Now that the Lord needs someone to go for him. Here am I, Lord. Jesus, send me. Here am I, Lord, Jesus, use me. Here am I, Lord, Jesus, send me. Now that the Lord needs someone to call for him. Here am I, Lord, Jesus, send me. I'd like you to pray this morning. Just pray, just pray, just pray, just pray. Please talk to God, please talk to God. Tell God, it is my time. It is my time, it is my time. It is my time, I am to occupy my space in your divine scheme of things. It is my time. I thank you, Jehovah, for the privilege to be called your co-workers to be a laborer with God it is my time oh yes thank you Jesus
is a new dawn for Nifes. It is a new dawn for Nifes. We are moving forward. We are taking over. In the name of Jesus Christ. It's a new dawn in your leadership. dawn in your leadership is a dawn of greater effectiveness is a dawn of the fulfillment of divine purpose is a dawn of significant impact is a dawn of greater glory to the name of our God it is a new dawn Is a dawn of dominion, of exercising the dominion of the kingdom of God on campus. Is a dawn of taking charge. Is a new dawn. Is a new dawn. I want you, beloved, to resolve that. available. And he was asking yesterday, Nifes, are you there? Are you ready? I am available for you. I am available for your glory. I am available for this journey. I am available for this journey. I am available. I am available. It's a new dawn. It's a new dawn. 